Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. For more resources like this, check out trptampa.com. Anybody feel tired? Anybody? No, seriously. Been feeling tired this week? Raise your hand if you've been feeling like exhausted, tired. Well, that's okay. We're going to do it. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 3. That looks like enough hands for me. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Again, you have to do your own work today because we don't have anything on the screens. I'm going to start in verse 16. I'll set it up for you. Uh, you can get the Passion Translation on the on the version app if you have that, or just lean over to your neighbor. You can read any translation. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I really do believe that God wants to redefine rest in the church because rest, Sabbath rest, all that stuff has been just kind of a uh, maybe seen as laziness. Maybe it's seen as, you know, you're not really working for the Lord if you're taking a break, you know. But let me just tell you, yeah, you can laugh at that. It's fine. Rest is not inactivity. I'm going to say it again. Rest is not inactivity. Say it with me. Rest is not inactivity. Did you know that rest is an active state? You're actively resting. It's the act of rest. Yeah, it's true. Rest is not inactivity. Rest is any action based on promise. Did you hear that? Rest is not inactivity. It's any action based in and upon promise. Rest is acting from the promises of God. That's what rest is. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, welcome to the resting place where Caleb just goes with the Holy Ghost and sees what happens. I like the Passion Translation in this, in this passage because it talks about the faith rest life of God. Doesn't that sound good? It sounds like something I want. I want the faith rest life of God, right? Like if your life was defined by faith rest, wouldn't that, doesn't that sound awesome? Instead of like faith stress and faith striving and <laughs> faith whatever, you know, it, faith rest sounds good to me. Anyone who signed up for that? You, probably all of you because you're at a church called The Resting Place. Let me tell you a funny story. It just popped into my head. I did a, um, I got life insurance this week. Yeah, it's just sounded like wisdom, so I did it. I don't know, whatever. And I mean, I'm never going to die, so I don't really put it all together, but whatever. Anyway, and... <laughs> The, the person, they have to come, they have to do like a physical, they take your blood and all that stuff. And I was setting it up on the phone. And this lady on the phone goes, she's like, what's the name of the business? The resting place. She's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've done somebody's thing there a little while ago. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. I thought that was weird. I'm like, who? You know? She comes and she's like, I couldn't find it. You know, it's weird. And then she comes in first. She goes, so what is this place? I'm like, it's a church. She's like, oh, I, I did one of these at a funeral home, um, and I, it had a similar name. <laughs> I just laughed and laughed and laughed. I'm like, this is kind of a funeral home for your old man, you know what I'm saying? And we, we're going to let you rest in peace. <laughs> you should be resting in peace right now because the old has passed away, the new has come. Anyone in Christ is a new creation, Amen. 
So we just buried some old men in that tank over there, you know, so. (laughs) That was funny to me. (laughs) Anyway, we're not a funeral home. (laughs) And someone working at a funeral home getting life insurance, that, that does make sense, doesn't it? That does, like, like, hey, wait a minute. I should probably, anyway, all right, sorry. Whoo! Hebrews 3, uh, the, the author of Hebrews is talking about the Israelites in the wilderness and how they were called by God on an 11-day journey. Did you know that an 11-day walk turned into a 40-year wilderness fiasco? <laughs> Did you know that? An 11-day walk turned into 40 years of wandering. And I'm going to tell you why today. They refused to rest. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. They refused to rest. They refused the faith rest life of God. They refused to believe the promise from God's mouth. And believing God's promises is the spiritual act of rest. Pointing your faith and receiving by faith the promises of God is the act of rest in the spirit. That's what it looks like, is to believe the promises of God. That's why I said faith is any action based on promise. Because how many know? We got stuff to do. All right? How many know this place is really busy? The resting place is open five days a week, really busy. All right? We are in here all the time. Working co-laboring with God but it's not for his rest it's from it are you following me it's because the rest has been promised and we know that our Sabbath rest is actually a person named Jesus Jesus is our Sabbath you guys Jesus is our Sabbath rest the person of faith is our rest the Bible in Galatians says now that faith has come uses faith as a noun a person, place, or thing. Now that faith has come, we're no longer under the law. Now that faith has come, the person of faith is Jesus Christ. Are you okay? Are you following me? Okay. So when you become one with Jesus, when you become one with him in his death, burial, and resurrection, when you say yes to the Lord and become in union with Christ, because the believer's life begins in union, it doesn't end there, it begins there. Okay, your life begins in union with Christ. When you say yes, the time-space continuum is ripped open, and all of a sudden you are with him on his cross, one nail, two hands, co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected, and you enter into his person. You become one with Christ. Have you heard this before? You become one with him. You and Jesus are not like this. Look at me, everyone. This is what gets me called a cult leader right here. You and Jesus are not like this. You and Jesus are like this. That is what gets me called names right there. It's John 17. It's his prayer. He said, I pray that they would be in us as I am in you, Father, and you are in me, that they would be perfectly one with us. One. Say one. One. The Trinity is one times one times one. And then you came in, and it was times one. And it still equals one. When you say yes to Jesus, you are grafted into the person of faith. You are entering into the day, the day spring. Do you understand that the the first day happened without the sun or the moon? 
Have you read Genesis chapter 1? Sun and moon are created. Come on, Bible quiz. What day? Day 4. And yet, there were three days before that. How, did, how were there three days before the sun and the moon? Oh, because the sun and the moon don't define the day. The day is a person. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're going to make it to Hebrews 3. We're going to make it. <laughs> the day is a person. When it says Adam was walking with God in the cool of the day, horrible translation. Sorry. The word is ruach of the day. The word is spirit. It's the word for Holy Spirit. Adam was walking in the spirit called day. Adam was walking in the spirit. The spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. Adam was one with the spirit. And I say to you, if you walk by the spirit, right? Are you following me? Yeah. Adam walked in the spirit. He walked in the spirit called day because the day began before the sun and the moon. That day is a person named Jesus. It's the person of faith. This is what happens when I don't have notes. We go into the deep end and see if we get out. I don't know. So, so God was continually inviting the human race back into the day. The seventh day. You understand? Adam was made for rest. You know why Adam was made on the sixth day? Do you know why? So that God could hang out with him the next day. God worked on Adam on day six so that day one of Adam's existence, like his really first, his first day at school, his first day on the earth would just be them hanging out. Jesus is the seventh day. Jesus is the first day. He's the first and the last. He is the perfect man. Whoo. And Adam walked in the spirit called day. Or the spirit of the day. That translation would work. The spirit. It's the ruach. It's not cool. It's, not, it's the cool breeze is where they pull it that from. They're like a cool breeze, like a wind. You know, the spirit is a wind. That's where they get that from. Adam walked in the spirit called day. And after the fall, God was continually inviting people back into that rest, into that union, into that day. Are you following me? And one way he did that was he delivered his people out of Egypt, out of Pharaoh's control, right? They were enslaved to Pharaoh. They were delivered. Who's heard this story? You've, you know this story, right? The Prince of Egypt. You've seen that movie? I love it. Really great. Cry every time. That lady's voice when she's singing, just like, oh, I don't know. Gets me. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> just oh, hits me. You know, I read an article about that. I, I didn't corroborate it, but I read an article once that said that lady doesn't, it wasn't a language. She was just singing made-up words. She was inspired to sing sounds and words that she did not know in the Prince of Egypt. She's singing in tongues, y'all. That's what that is, all right? <laughs> She's like, it wasn't a language. It just, it just came to her at the, at the vocal booth, and they had the melody. She just made up this language. <laughs> that movie's anointed, y'all, all right? Anyway, God is inviting the Israelites, after he rescues them, say after, into his rest. So there's rescue and then there's rest. He's rescued them out of Egypt. And now they're going toward the wilderness. And how many know? This, listen, this is a true statement. There is always a wilderness journey for those who would come after the Lord. Hear me. 
There is always a wilderness journey. I know a lot of grace folks in here won't like this. There's always a wilderness journey. Jesus had one. Every Bible character had a wilderness journey. Here's the difference. If you walk in through belief, if you walk in belief, it'll turn your 11, your 40-day obstacle into an 11-day walk. There's always a formation in the wilderness. The word wilderness in the Hebrew is a homonym. Are you ready for this? <laughs> it literally means the place of speaking. <laughs> it's the place where God speaks. The wilderness. But here's what will turn your 11-day walk through the wilderness into a 40-year tragedy. Unbelief in what he says. When God speaks, you should believe him. He's usually always, every time, right. Okay. So that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. He's talking about how those people did not believe and they dropped dead. Because unbelief is not something you counsel out. It's just got to drop dead, okay? It's just got to die. Unbelief just has to die. Unbelief died in the wilderness. You know, Caleb and Joshua, come on. Where I got my namesake from. I love it. Caleb and Joshua were the only two that believed the promise. All right? They went in. You remember the story, right? The 12 spies went in. If you don't know the story, these guys were sent out as scouts. Only two came back believing that they were given that land by God because he said that before he sent them in. He said, the land that you will see, I am giving to you. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And then the other 10 came back and said, but there's giants. And Caleb said, no, they're breakfast. He said, they will be to them, they will be unto us our daily bread in Numbers 14. That's what he says. And it's a, it's a homonymic statement, meaning it's a, I'm sorry, a Hebraic colloquialism. It's a, say, it's a saying that means that's breakfast, baby. That's what it means. They'll be to us our daily bread, those giants. We're going to eat those giants for breakfast. It's a really big breakfast. That's all it is. Like, that's the only trouble here, guys. We're going to have trouble finishing our breakfast. That's what Caleb said in Numbers 14. Yeah. See, faith looks at a giant and sees breakfast. Unbelief looks at giants and sees a lack of promise. It sees the promise nullified. Listen, the renewed mind looks at every obstacle and sees an opportunity. There's our, there are challenges. In this world, you will have tribulation. Amen? But take heart, I've overcome the world. There are challenges, but you are already over them. Come on. He has overcome, and you are one with him. You are over them. But if you don't believe that promise, that take heart, I have overcome the world, that's a promise from God. If you don't believe that, you'll be under them, and they will eat you for breakfast. <laughs> What's the difference? Belief in the promise. Rest is any action based in promise. Okay. Hebrews 3, verse 16. <laughs> So this is talking about those people, okay? It says, the same people who were delivered from bondage and brought out of Egypt by Moses were the ones who heard and still rebelled. They heard the promise and still rebelled. The promise of a land flowing with milk and honey. Are you okay? Are you all right? Okay. They grieved God for 40 years by sinning in their unbelief until they dropped dead in the desert. So God swore an oath that they would never enter into his calming place of rest, all because they disobeyed him. How did they disobey him? Unbelief. Boom, you got it. 
It is clear that they could not enter into their inheritance because they wrapped their hearts in unbelief. Are you understanding? God didn't go, oh, you want in here? I'm going to swear you never get in here because you messed up. That's not what this is. God's not going, oh, you're an, you're an unbeliever. You're shut out. You can't come in here. It was, please come in here. And they, they said, no, we're, we, we can't. There are giants and we, we're going to lose and we're going to die. So it's their unbelief that kept them out of the promised land, not God's oath. God swore it would never happen because God has all the facts. Hello? Are you following me? Some people preach this and say, see, God forbade them from entering because they didn't believe him when he first spoke. No, they just kept in their unbelief. And he said, he swore from his mouth emphatically, they're never going in. They're never going to come in. They're never going to come in. Are you following me? Yes? Okay. Okay. You sure you don't want three points in a poem? Are you all right? They wrapped their hearts in unbelief. Now God has offered to us, say to us. This is Hebrews 4 verse 1. The same promise. What? The same promise of entering into his realm of resting and confident faith. Let me pull it all together for you. He's offered to you the same opportunity Adam had on his first day alive. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Come on, you can hear a good word and you can just let it fall on deaf ears. Jesus said, he has ears, let him hear. You understand, Jesus didn't take care of soil, he took care of the seed. He said, a farmer goes out to sow. Some falls on the rocky soil, some falls on the good soil, some falls on the weeds. This, this farmer doesn't seem to be very good at this thing called farming, you know. He's not picking good soil. He's like, why don't you cure the soil first? He's like, no, nah, not my job. The soil is your job. The seed is his job. The soil is a receptive heart. The, the weeds are your unbelief. Are you okay? Am I bouncing around too much? I don't know. All right. They didn't join their faith with the word, meaning Caleb and Joshua said, no, it, we can do it. God promised it. God promised us this. Yeah, there's giants, but God promised us the land. That means he's given us everything we need to overcome them. That's how the renewed mind works. Come on. They didn't mingle their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise. Did you hear that? Faith activates the promise. People are like, well, God promised me this and that and this and that. Well, you don't have, you're, not, you're not mingling your faith with it. Let me help you. God promises that you're going to be a, let's pick something, a writer, a New York Times bestseller. God, God gives you a word. Today, our team says, I just see a, a book. I see you writing a New York Times bestseller, all that stuff. I see it over your life. And you're like, okay. And that could be God saying, I want you to do that. I promise you, this is who you are. This is what I want for you. This is what's coming, right? If you never go write anything, it ain't going to happen. Are you following me? If you never go learn the skills necessary to write a book, I've written four. It's, it takes skill, okay? It, unless you learn those skills and work on it, it's a lot of work. Unless you do the work of faith, the work of believing, 
It's never going to happen. Faith activates the promise. Faith in the situation of the New York Times bestseller who's never read a whole book. Guys, I never finished a book in high school. I've written four, okay? Uh, it, it didn't just happen. I sat down and worked. I sat down and worked. I sat down and read. You understand? That was a restful act because it was based on promise. If you're prophesied that, if you're promised that, until you have faith enough to go get the skill set to receive that word, that promise will be inactive. Are you following me? Well, that, that was, they were wrong. The false prophet, they prophesied and nothing happened. False prophet, false prophet, false prophet. No, you didn't mingle your faith with it, meaning you did nothing with it. You didn't steward the word. Hello? What, you expect God to wake you up in the middle of the night, moving your hand on a page like, you know? Come on. Faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. Come on. For he has said, I was grieved with them and made a solemn oath. They will never enter into the calming rest of my spirit. It grieved him that they would never enter. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? Yes or no? I need to know. Feedback. It grieved him that they would never enter. It wasn't, I'm grieved and angry, so you're never entering. It grieved him that they were never going to enter. He's a good, good father. Come on, this thing, you got to read this with the right tone, with the right understanding of his heart. you got to read this thing with the context of the rest of the book. I have two minutes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. God's works have all been completed from the foundation of the world. And it says in the scriptures, as it says in the scriptures, on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Come on. And again, as stated before, they will never enter into my calming place of rest. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into the realm of faith's rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Why did they not enter into the promised land? Because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience the fulfillment of the promise. For God still has ordained a day for us to enter into called today. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I thought that was random earlier. Oh, Jesus. God has ordained a day for us to enter into called today. Hello, the person of the day, the spirit of the day. Jesus is in the resting place. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. You understand? He's resting. Ha ha. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> for it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words. The writer here is proving that it wasn't just for them because later David repeated the same promise. Are you following? It said, if only today you would listen to his voice and not harden your hearts. Now... If this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, because they did, right? Everybody uh, 20 years and older died in the wilderness. And then all the young bucks, plus Caleb and Joshua, the old dudes, actually went into the promised land, right? And he says, if the promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, God wouldn't have spoken later of another rest yet to come. Are you tracking? God wouldn't have said through David that today you can enter his rest if they had already done that, if it was already done, if no one could actually do it. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. Did you know you're not saved to sit, but you are saved to rest? As we enter into God's faith, rest, life, we cease from our own works. Just as God 
celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief like they did in the wilderness. Yes? Does that make sense to you? Listen, it says we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life. ESV, a bunch of other translations say, strive to enter his rest. Doesn't really compute for most people. Strive to rest. Yes. Make this your main ambition. Believing God's promises. John 6, 29. Jesus said the work of God is to believe on him whom God has sent. Here's the only legal work in the kingdom. Believing God. Jesus, when he promises you something. Belief is the work. Amen? How hard does that sound? You're believing that chair is going to hold you up for the next 30 seconds. Are you really striving at that? Is it hard work to believe that? Well, I have evidence. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of evidence of God's faithfulness. So all you got to do is look. That's how easy it is, guys. So for those who feel like you've got to do something to get something from God, you need to understand that's not what it means to walk in the cool of the day. That's not what it means when it says there's a rest available today. It means right now, start from rest. You understand his finish line is your starting point? Come on. He sat down, finished everything, sat down on the right hand of the Father and said, hey, let's start. <laughs> You're starting from rest. When you say yes to Jesus, you start from rest. We need to redefine this thing called rest because it's not inactivity. It's not laziness. Okay? It's an active participation in the promises of God. That's it. Rest is an active participation in the promises of God. Anyone have a promise from God in here? Yeah? Do you know how do you activate it now? Rest. Take a nap. <laughs> Maybe go get some skills. Right? Here's the point. We're not working to receive something from God. We're working because we've received something from God. Are you following me? It's from, not for. It's from his works, not for his works. It's from the holiness he gave you not for the holiness that you want to achieve. You understand? This is what it means when you say, I am the resting place. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. For more resources like this, check out trptampa.com.